fantastic talent. He is he is what the 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 NFL is now from a standpoint of you know you could play horizontal left and right stretch the field he is 1000% without a doubt a playmaker my problem is i don't think he fits on the roster how it's constructed now along with the play calling of garrett it just doesn't match if that makes sense well it's the thing i don't know enough about the giants offense to know that but you're right like he is He's the kind of receiver that any offense can – that's like the 2020 offense, the slot guy that you can get him moving in, in moving sideways, you know, quickly. And, man, mm-hmm. he could play running back. He could play the wing. He, you know, he can play mm-hmm. anywhere. And you can even put him on the outside, especially on the goal line. 1,000% agree. I just I, – I, as a giant fan – when you make that draft pick with so many other glaring need, like it's the same thing. I, we weren't doing this show when they, it was just Daryl and I, when they drafted Daniel Jones, it's not about the player. It's sort of about where you draft them, how you draft them. And then you kind of have that sour taste in your mouth. And I'm an obnoxious New York sports fan. Like <laughs> I, I get the right. So all those things included, I think Tony, if he truly commits to being a professional athlete. And, and I, I do think I, I'm, I, I get you can do more things and, and it's his choice, but I, I do think if you're going to be, he has like all pro capabilities, talents. Sure, yeah. I don't know if you can just get there and at, at a professional level, I don't know if you can just get there because you want to, everybody want like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I think that so, the, the, if he if he truly commits to it, and and he could be great. I just don't think it'll probably be on another team, unfortunately. Well, uh, I, I think you're right that the Joe Judge system doesn't really fit him, but I, Joe Judge may not be long for this world. And yeah, I think you'll no, get I, your, I, I think you yeah. I think you'll get your wish about Gettleman too. I don't think either one of them comes back next year. You know who I I would love to for this to happen and and i've been talking to my brother about this pretty much since week two the giants need to get rid of gettleman that's first they need to hire lewis riddick as their gm i don't know if you he's he does the um the broad and monday night football with greasy and uh what's the other guy's name uh but lewis riddick I, i believe he played for the Detroit Lions, he was a defensive back. He's had some front office experience. He's just so knowledgeable. Uh, he's articulate. He's really smart. He understands the game, a former player. I think they would, I w- would love to see the Giants bring him in and then, you know, see what happens with the coaching staff. Jason Garrett needs to go. He's too, he's stuck in the 1990s NFL. Oh, I think I I don't think there'll be a single coach from that staff that'll be back next year. No, you know, Jason Garrett is just he's awful. I would love to see and um, the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. He's really, really good. He's a Buffalo guy, so I don't know if he would leave Buffalo to go to the Giants, but he's he's a brilliant offensive mind. But Lewis Riddick, in my opinion, is is the top. GM that I would like the Giants to get. The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original host of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other host, guest, or programs on this station. And welcome to the Sports Plus show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. And uh, it's cold here today, guys. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's chilly up here. I, I was able to to wake up and put my bathrobe on and drink some coffee this morning, so it was a little chilly. Yeah, here too. It's only been like fifty five last week or so. So, yeah, so uh, Joe, tell them where you're calling in from. I'm in Portland, uh, where actually our winter has begun, which means it's fifty five and rainy. And so it's it's gray all day, sort of sprinkly. Never really rains. Never really stops raining. So it's been here 70 and 50, basically, highest in 70, low 50. But now it's getting a little cooler. And uh, 
you know, it seems like the foliage uh, color coloration is really delayed, but um, it's beginning to happen now. Well, I think like it seems like the older I get, the the shorter spring and fall become. Like it seems like we go right from from winter to summer and back, and you know, it, the fall is the is the best time in Western Massachusetts. It's amazing, absolutely. And if you've never oh, been yeah. to Western Massachusetts in the fall, go. I mean, everything about it the the food, you know, freshly harvested food, the 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 leaves, of course, but um, the weather's perfect. Um, get there now before it starts snowing, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, as an adult, have really grown to love the fall season the the weather the temperatures the foliage everything you know and uh it does i agree and it, it seems like it, it gets shorter every year the time span of, of <laughs> that perfect morning chilly morning you know windows right. kind of cracked a little bit at night it's kind of gone well and for us fat guys we always appreciate when the weather gets cooler and we can wear more clothing to, to hide some of this <laughs> Okay, so let's address the uh, Red Sox. <laughs> what, what are we giving them? Thirty seconds, minute and a half. I'll do it in about a minute because it's okay. uh, and I'll try to keep the tears away. But honestly, <laughs> this was a great year for the Red Sox. I did not expect where they got to be. Now the problem is, which is like sort of my history as a Red Sox fan, which goes back to Ted Williams' days, um, is that they always sort of get your hopes up. You know, Bob Stanley, best reliever, we're, we're in the driver's seat. And then something happened. So after the third game, it looked like the Red Sox were rolling. Their offense was unstoppable. And the main thing that I reasoned that I felt really confident was Houston's didn't have that great of starters, and their bullpen was already overworked. So I thought it would be a tremendous advantage for the Red Sox. What I didn't know is, how good the Houston pitchers are, the relievers. And, how, you know, so the Red Sox, after the, that offensive explosion, scored three runs the last three games. And, you know, so they don't deserve to go on. But how can anybody root for Houston? So, I'm with you there, yeah. That, I'm, I'm totally with you, Daryl. And, and look, Joe and I, were both Yankee fans. But so this one, this whole series stung <laughs> a little bit. Either way, I'm not really right. happy. Right. Um, I can't root for Houston, although I, I do like Dusty Baker. I respect him as a manager. Right. He had nothing to do with it. And and really, it's only a handful of players that are still there. Um, I, You're talking about Korea, Korea, whatever. I, I know. I know. Uh, it was a big player. I, I know. So, they're, they're the heart know, of the team. Here's my question, though. How long before Boston media... And, and the fans start their conspiracies. <laughs> How long do you give it? I, I'll yeah. give it like 48 hours. 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, we're good losers. Come on. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think if anything, most of baseball fans are kind of unified against the, the Astros right now. It seems to be pretty universal, which ordinarily, you know, it would be, it, it would, all that anger would be, would be, towards the Red Sox and the Yankees. So I'm okay that it's being deflected. I just, you know, I have to root for the Braves in the world series. That's just, I'm not going to pay much attention is what's going to happen, but that probably comes as no surprise to anyone who's heard me talk about baseball for the last year. I'm with you. I'll, I'll watch, you know, if depending on when it gets to a, a, a series clinching world series, I'll, I'll, I might watch the end I mean, of that there's game. too much else going on right now. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, college football starting to wind down. It's mid season in the NFL. It, basketball just started. Hockey just started. And Daryl, oh, please tell me you watched the Knicks Celtics opener. Oh. That might have been the best oh. season opening game. Unbelievable. I, I've game. seen just, and I'll tell you what. We don't still don't know what's going to happen in Philly. They, that that could be the those could be the three and four seeds, and if something happens in in New Jersey, you know, the chances are they're going to have to do something with Kyrie Irving. And so let's say they try to hang on to him and he doesn't play for the whole year, and then Durant or Harden goes down. We could be looking at the Knicks and the Celtics, the two or three seeds, and the other thing when you look at their rosters. They're both really deep. They're better than they were last year. And they're almost every player on the rosters are on their way up. 
You know, there's very few. There's a couple of Derrick Roses in the last last few years of his career. But he's boy, he's reborn though. He's, he's playing so good, great. Yeah. yeah, but you know, and there may be a couple that are at their peak. But you know, I mean, Julius Randle and Fournier have mm-hmm. you know they were fantastic, and the Fournier and Kemba Walker make the Knicks so much better. And I think that's they had the the core of a really good team. They needed the standout stars and i think they didn't have they, any shooters and now they have these yeah. shooters that you know and it's like it hurts i'm telling you it hurts boston new york you know it's like wh- why weren't uh, walker you know walker especially fournier did okay for the Celts, and they thought they were going to be able to re-sign him um but walker was such a disappointment for the Celts, and uh watch him have a great year now i I think i I think think mixed feelings for me well i think players have trouble playing in boston when the fans are screaming racial slurs at them i think that's a a problem that we don't again daryl i mean i get the celtic colored glasses but i mean you have to admit that there are a lot of players that come in there stay for a year or two have that complaint and leave and then are better when they leave. And you can't fault the players for that if it continues to happen and you see that pattern. Uh, and now no, we've had players like, actually finally verbally call it out. You know, Marcus Smart. There's been a number of Celtic players, past and present, Paul Pierce, it, who've said it, the same thing. It's and, and to be fair, it's not just the Celtics. I mean, I've heard that in, in Fenway as well. Carl Crawford, right? He had some... Uh, things to say about the Boston faithful over there in Fenway. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, that, but okay, we're two games in, the Lakers are 0-2, the Celtics are 0-2. <laughs> so, you know. The, hey, the Knicks are 2-0. and I might be back on that bandwagon. Yeah, I think the, the best the Celts can hope for is a fifth place finish in their division. But the, the uh, thing is, at least now I like the coach Yudoko because oh, he yeah. gave them a really hard time after they had an embarrassing loss last night to Toronto. They just p- played pathetic. And he's not happy, and he and he said it. So, I, you know, I'm a little hopeful on the on the new coach uh, that he's going to change the culture. But will you know remains to be seen. I'm impressed by him. He's young too. I didn't realize how young he was. But yeah, but he's got experience. Yeah, I'm really glad they got Horford back. The Celts. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year, even though he's at the end of his career. I think he's going to do really well for them. He didn't play against the Knicks, though. What, is no, he, he didn't. Back? But he played last night, and he did okay. But the team just stunk. They were. It was pathetic. The the actually, fans were booing. I believe in the third quarter. Wow. Full mm-hmm. house, fans are booing. Maybe it wasn't wasn't until the fourth quarter, but it was. <laughs> gotta gotta it love was those brutal. those patient racist Boston fans. You gotta love them. Uh, it kills me that you that you call them racial because I I want to I want to believe that that's a thing of the past, but no, I can't definitely. really I can't really make that claim. Yeah, I don't think it is at all. And Matt, you're right. It's not just it's not just Celtic fans. It happens. I've heard it at Fenway also, and especially I mean a lot of that stuff comes out a little little extra when the Yankees are in town. But I've mm-hmm. I've also seen it directed at you know Oakland and Milwaukee. You know, in Fenway, it doesn't have to be the Yankees to get ugly. It's it's too bad too. I mean, because the Red Sox have a very sor- sorry racial history, but not the Celtics. You know, they hired the first black coach. They had the first um, all black starting team. I mean, so they really. Uh, but see, you have these these. It's the thing because the Celtics in their history, they have these two these two flags they can hold up, right? And those yeah. are the two flags, but which are important. But the but the the actuality of it is they had a whiter team than the rest of the NBA throughout most of the 80s and 90s. They had or 70s and 80s, I would say, probably more so into the late 80s. Well, you have to separate saying- you have to separate fan behavior from team culture. But the fan behavior has been a tremendous problem consistently. Yeah, that, I mean, I have no I have no claim and and i'm to say that the organization itself i mean to me it's not about the organization it's it's the fans it's it's and that's that those are things that i've read and heard i haven't heard of celtics as an organization uh being racist or anything like that but it's the fans and i i have heard players say that you know it kind of take even when you're you're wearing the celtics jersey you still kind of hear what's going on and what's directed towards opposing players and it kind of takes your heart out of it 
Yeah. Uh, and and so that that could be the case. I, I those are the things that I've read. It's it's more fan based. It's more what's going on in the stadium, what's going on in the field, kind of thing. I just I feel like they always had a whiter roster than the rest of the league, and a, a markedly whiter roster. And maybe it might have had to do a lot with the fact that two of their standout players were were white, which again you know mid eighties was kind of a rarity, but. Uh, it, it, and I don't think I'm alone in that in that assessment. I'll have to, I'll, I'll see if I can come up with some numbers for next week on that about roster composition. You, you be our numbers guy. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Well, what? So let me let's stay on the NBA for just a little bit. I mean, we are two games into the season, but this I'm I'm interested in what's going on in Philly. What a soap opera! This is ridiculous. Well, but but now isn't Simmons back playing or not? So he, he came is. back to so, the team and then was Goofner was not paying attention at practice. So they suspended him. They sent him home. It, he's, he's half-assing it. So wait a minute. So he's not playing for him. No, he's not playing. He was never going to be in the lineup. He got know. kicked out of practice, right? Tell me he got kicked out of practice. They suspended him for one game. And, and now he's back. I don't know if he played. I think he would. He, he, it's just, to me, it's, it's funny. It's comical. It, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it seems very juvenile on Ben Simmons's side. I, I know why he's, he doesn't want to play. He's his, I, I don't want this to sound um, mean on my end, but like his, his feelings were hurt. I think a little bit the way his season ended, he didn't really get supported by the, the team. He didn't get supported by the fans. Um, and so I understand why coach, he doesn't coach threw him under the bus. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And so I understand why he doesn't necessarily want to come back and play for them. Um, but he's got, a, I don't know who's giving him guidance here. I kind of feel like, look, his brand was hurt in the playoffs. He doesn't have trade value right now. So if, if I'm giving Hey, Ben Simmons, if you're listening, my, <laughs> My advice would be, look, go out there and play and do what you do really well. Do it really well so you have trade value so you can get out of there. Um, because right now, if you're Philly, you can't get anything for him, so you just hang on to him. But then that's a distraction. But he does have talent. He is good at what he does. He's just really bad at shooting. What I don't get, and and um, some people blame his first coach um i think it was brown or something but uh you know for not developing his shot i don't get it's like most people there's very few people whose shot doesn't improve with practice but i agree with you but hasn't he come out and pretty much said i don't want to work on my shot too that's another thing he's 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 it's bizarre. He I, you know, I, I, it's funny because you're right like the shooting a basketball that's the first thing you learn how to do when you right. you know and all you need is you know i had a, a a basketball hoop attached to our garage and i would shoot that's all i did was go out there and shoot and you know that's all it, that's all that made me better as a as a basketball player but i think in, in this whole situation right there's no there's no good actors and bead handled it terribly doc rivers Saying he didn't know if if Ben Simmons could be a championship champion a championship point guard, the the GM no one has backed him. I and I, it's funny because Matt, I actually thought this would be he would be the poster child for your entitled athlete trying to call his way out of town situation. So I'm I'm glad to see that you see the the other sides of it because that it's you know like I said no one no one's handled this well so. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, just just one for one, just do it and all this garbage and all the stories and just just it it would be a, I think it would be a decent trade for both teams. You look at the fit, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, but the thing is, um, Philly wants an arm and a leg. They want they want a ton of draft picks plus a player equal to Simmons. Yeah, that's like, where the, that's you, where the rest you, of the blame has to go, right? Because yeah. Simmons' mm -hmm. desire to be traded was not not unreasonable. What they were asking for in the offseason was if but, they had and, and the thing is they haven't even come back off of that now and which they really need to do. I mean, they yeah. I think they were just hoping for one sucker team out there, but that hasn't materialized and uh you know, so I think it'll be a sort of a mid-season trade. 
I, I, you know, I don't know if it, I, I, this, it's pretty ugly. Like I, I joke and say it, it's a soap opera. It's, it's pretty, I, I just, the, the Sixers are a good team. I think really good. And, and uh, terrific. The longer he's on the roster, the worse it's going to get. I don't right. see it getting better. He doesn't want to be there. Um, and, and Joe, just like, to be fair, I, I've always tried to look at situations with the, you know, athletes trying to push their way out as it's, as its own thing. I get, this isn't just Ben Simmons being like, I just don't want to be here. And like, I, he, I understand why he was, Embiid didn't back him. He, he, he was made fun of by his own home fans. He was not supported by the team. It, it, it's not working. I, there's no other, you know. So do you think he's going to play? Over. Is he going to play regularly for Philly? No, I, but no. that's where I think his behavior is. Is if I Again, if my advice would be, dude, go out there and play. Do what you do. He finally good. showed up. So, yeah, yeah but, he, but, he, but now he's he getting kicked up. out of he was, practice. Yeah, he was not. He, he technically showed up, but he was apparently not not engaged at all in the he, practice. He, and he wouldn't, you, you wouldn't have, go in, wouldn't sub into a drill. Yeah, like that. So to me, that's the childish kind of behavior. If you're going to be there, be there, work really hard. Tell the team, look, I'm, I'll give you guys a month. I'm, I need to up my trade value so I can go to a contending team. Uh, you know, let's make this work for both of us. I'll do my best to get you guys something in return. I don't, you know, like that's yeah. what I would do. Go out there because he, he does have talent. He does have skill. He just can't shoot. So highlight what you can do, make teams want you, and then get out of there in a month. I, I can see how, but the thing is, if he's going to take the court for that team with his heart being 0% in it, his performance is going to suffer. And I think any pro athlete knows that you have to be dedicated and, and passionate or you're, even if you go out there and try your hardest, those things have to be pushing you from behind or, or you just, you won't, you can't give your best. Uh, you're absolutely right because that's what he showed in the playoffs last year. He just lost all confidence. Both these situations, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons situation, I don't see them going more than, 10 to 15 games into the season without some kind of resolution, because at that point the teams are going to start to suffer in a, in a, in a wins and losses kind of way that they're going to have to address it. And you can't just let someone that valuable, potentially valuable not be on your roster and not be contributing when you could turn them into assets that could contribute. Do you think the NBA, because about Kyrie Irving now, Adam Silver's come out and pretty much said, that it's not an NBA thing why he's not playing. It's a it's a New York City thing. Right. So could the do you think the NBA is going to be pushing? Because I agree. I, I do you think now the NBA is going to try to push New York government to change their policies to no, get no, 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 no. And one thing I want I want to clarify because Daryl, you brought this up last week about California, about LA and San Francisco because they do have vaccine mandates, but players who aren't vaccinated will be able to play. They just have to undergo, like they have to be tested before, at, before they come in the arena. Or... I think it's every day, every every, every day, day that they're yeah. in the arena, and also they have to be socially distanced in the locker room from the rest of the team. So there there are some some like workarounds where unvaccinated players can play in those cities. And now, why can't that happen in New York, though? Why can't that happen in New York? I'm not going <laughs> to ask any city to make a public health decision so a basketball player can play basketball. Right. Why doesn't Kyrie Irving get vaccinated? Give me a break. I see you. We differ on this, and and I, we don't have to argue. That's his. I, He's his, the resident his, contrarian. Okay, so if it's his choice, fine. So he 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 can't play. The team did the right thing, putting him on the bench. Can we uh, can we move off the stupid men for a second and talk about the WNBA? Because <laughs> that was a great great. That was great. Brittany Griner is awesome. But you got to love the story. You got to love Candace Parker, who, you know, played 13 seasons in L.A. and then came home to, mm -hmm. to finish her career and won her second title. And everything that's great about sports was what was happening. And I, I you know, and I've said this all season that I wish more people were watching. And now that the season's over, the numbers are in and the. WNBA TV viewership was up 51% from last year. Yeah. No, people were watching more than ever, more than ever before. And so my question for, for you two is we, we've talked about always how athletes in the past have been reluctant to be activists because they feared it would hurt their viewership, their fandom. 
it seems like the WNBA's activism has actually helped the league. Is that, do you agree with that statement? Yes. To be fair, I mean, I, pro, yes, I, but I don't know much. I, I'm not really following the WNBA, so I guess I'll just I'll defer to you guys on that more. But, but I, I don't yo, think I, don't, I haven't you, read anything of it hurting I mean, it. No, I, mean, I think it's they they were. I mean, LeBron certainly was also a leader in in speaking up, but the WNBA is the leader. They really. And and the thing is, like the thing about the the Kaepernick effect by Zyron is that it started a movement. It started an incredible yeah. movement um, that's more than just Colin Kaepernick. It's it's um, and the you know, so and the, what happened in our society I, as a as a uh, uh, liberal, I find it very enlightening, very uh, exciting. The protests that people did, and 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 for the most part, did in a very peaceful ma manner. There were a lot of off-court stories that you know featured WNBA players doing doing selfless things. You look at Maya Moore, who gave up her career to help a man who was unfairly thrown in prison. The Atlanta Dream, basically giving the Democratic Party the Senate, although with uh, cinema and mansion, it looks like it hasn't so much mattered. But um, but, you know, you could you could say that they were uh, pretty crucial in, in winning that election, the, the Georgia Senate election. So, I, you know, I, I'm glad we're seeing some concrete stuff here. And I'm glad I was really happy to see that number. Fifty one percent. That's a lot. That's a giant jump. And it was good basketball. It was really good. Oh, basketball. Yeah. yeah. Really fun to watch. So, oh, and I just want to, uh, Matt, something you and I were talking about before, before Daryl came on, uh, there actually are five black GMs in the NFL, but three of them were hired last off season. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl, we were talking about the, the wonderful giants and uh, <laughs> how, but they, they won a game, right? Oh yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically for those of you who weren't listening earlier and Daryl, my, my hope is that the giants fire Gettleman and hire Lewis Riddick who uh, he was a former player and he's been, he has some front office experience. He's just, he's in my opinion, brilliant, very articulate, very smart, knowledgeable of the game. And I think he would do it. Is he employed job. right now or he works, he works for ESPN okay. now. Uh, he's on he's on the Monday Night Football broad broadcast with uh, Brian Greasy and uh, whoever the other guy is. I, I don't even know. But uh, I, I, who, any team out there who hires Lewis Riddick, in my opinion, would get a, a good GM. I hope it goes to the Giants because they need one. You guys wanted to bury the Patriots too, right? Eh, no, I didn't. I'm I'm, I'm all for. It. I, I I okay. So no, we're not we're not talking about this. Matt and I decide we're not talking about the Brady Belichick thing. We're not talking about this. We no, talked about it enough. But but we can talk about a two and four Patriots or whatever their record is. I mean, they, you know, they've got a pretty pretty tough record. And but, also, but would it surprise you if they finished nine and seven and made the playoffs? No, yes, it would. It would not. It, would not. It, it it totally would to me. And and let's keep. Let's keep the other guy out of it. Let's just do Patriots. Yeah. No, I mean, got a rookie quarterback, so you have to temper the expectations. We're, we are all so spoiled with seeing the Patriots figure it out because they've had personnel that could. And, and that was the head. This is the head scratcher of why they let Cam Newton go. But they spent a lot of money in the offseason. It doesn't appear, you know, neither tight end has really been – uh, one, the one's coming on and doing a little better. Um, but, but here's here's the thing about spending money in the NFL, though, Matt. The contracts, the numbers that, that you see are not the true value of the contract. So little of them is guaranteed that you, you sign. I, I, those, are, those are all pretty disposable deals. They can get out of those deals in a year or two without much. So I think I kind of see... I see exactly what they're doing, and it's pretty much what the Knicks did two years ago when they had the, there was that big free agent class. They didn't make any huge signings, but they got Randall. They got three or four of those kind of like mid-tier players and just sort of said, we're going to ride this out for a couple of years, and now they've been able to add the pieces that they need to be really successful. And I can see Belichick doing the exact same thing, and you don't, you can't rebuild an NFL team in a year or two years. It takes a little bit of 
of you know churning and reshuffling and these might just be placeholders these might be players that they'll sign for you know sign for longer deals in the next year or two but i i think a lot of the those signings sounded bigger than they were when you look at the actual number of years and dollars that were guaranteed well you know the thing is i think it looks early like they were right about mac jones that he appears to be good but i was listening to kurt warner speak yesterday and it was very interesting what he said he said as a quarterback and uh that you have to sort of do two things one is uh take advantage of the short you know passing game move the you know be and you know he sort of called them layups like do the regular stuff to kind of take what's available keep your team moving down that's one part of it but the other big part that if you're going to be a great quarterback and so mac jones is doing that part fine but the other question that for the truly great quarterbacks is when there's an opportunity to take a real uh game-breaking play that you take it and i think like matt you could make that say why daniel jones appears to be an okay quarterback but he hasn't really shown i don't think the ability to you know make that transcendent play that turns the game around and wins and neither has mac jones yet either so yeah well mac jones's career is six games old He's six, six games, games into his career right. so right you know you're gonna have ups and downs I, I don't that's why i'm just not thinking for them to be nine and seven or, or there's an extra game now so would it be nine and seven oh, right ten and seven uh, right. even yeah, if nine and eight ten and seven right they'd have to they'd have to go on a really on, on a run to win a couple in a row and i just i don't think in the nfl with a rookie quarterback there's too much that can happen games are going to be too close i don't think that's a mac jones i think is going to be fine but I, I think, and, and Joe, your point earlier with the money, it wasn't so much the money. I mean, he went out and he signed those guys early, right? which means he wanted those guys. He, and so it just, it's interesting to me. They got the two tight ends. They got Aguilar. They got born. Judon on the defense has played pretty good. Spectacular. Um, He's been spectacular. But you, you still see, you, you, I, I would have thought with, a rookie tight end uh, with a rookie quarterback, these tight ends would have been used more efficiently, more. They would have been their one and two options on any given. You know week. what's gone wrong and with the it Patriots? Just, it seems, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So their line play, both offensive and defensive has been a real problem, especially the offensive line. They, they were setting up to be smash mouth football, a, a hard running team. And it just hasn't worked. Uh, they haven't been able to protect Jones. He's gotten hit more than any quarterback. And uh, the running game is almost uh, invisible. So the whole plan of the team failed. Well, and I think the same thing kind of has happening to the Giants, too. And you look at and it's hard to do anything else on offense. The rest of your offensive personnel is going to look worse if your line stinks. So mm -hmm. that could be could be what's happening. Maybe Belichick brought brought these guys in because they're good locker room influences maybe more so for that than i don't i'm not going to doubt bill belichick's football decisions certainly not six games into the season his rebuild his big rebuilding season because let's face it last year they weren't necessarily in rebuilding mode they seemed to no. be in in tear down and, and reconstruction right. mode and that's why you have to let cam newton go and the other thing is and I, I thought th thought this was going to happen with Lamar Jackson too, but we're six games in and he's okay so far. But these unvaccinated players, so I sort of thought they would be more susceptible to being out. But Lamar Jackson's played every game. You know, who knows? Lamar Cam Jackson. Let me. Sorry to cut you off, Joe. No good. Um, let no, because I, ne I never because I never interrupt you, Matt. Ever. <laughs> There's a great kids book called Interrupting Chicken. It's hilarious. It really is. I don't know. Did you guys see what the name of the podcast episode was for last week? You did, did you? Oh, no, I did. What, it was, yeah, it was something what along was those it? lines. I called it Interruptapalooza. Yeah, because yeah. Because it, it was bad even for us. But the other thing I realized, I knew Daryl didn't listen to the show after it, you know, Daryl doesn't listen to the show when it's on air. When it's once it comes out of his mouth, it's that's it. He's not going <laughs> to review it. But what I didn't realize is that he doesn't even listen to the show when we're doing it, which was kind of a surprise to me. No, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. 
Um, I got to eat a little bit of crow here on Lamar Jackson. This year, oh, he, he is a top five quarterback. And I say that in every sense of the word quarterback. I've never doubted his talent. I, I've always been, he can't throw outside the numbers. He can't make the big throw. He can't bring teams back when they're losing. He's too one-dimensional with just his running ability. I'm wrong. He, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, and I and, and it's it looks like if Rashad Bateman continues to get healthy and if he can develop, he can Lamar Jackson continues to grow. Um, he's phenomenal, uh, and so I'll I'll eat that. That's not you know I was wrong. What about what do you guys think about the Arizona Cardinals? They look good. I mean, Kyle Murray's the real deal. Yeah, he's for and, real. You know, we've talked a lot about you know the franchises that tend to ruin quarterbacks. You could say that the Ravens and the Cardinals in particular, and even the Rams are franchises that seem to enhance quarterbacks. And you look at what's Matt Stafford's doing in LA and you look back at what he could have been doing for all those years in Detroit. He's having a fantastic year. So is Murray. Yeah. I mean, these, it's nice to see some new uniforms and new faces at the top of the NFL for sure. I agree. I agree. There's all there. There really is. It's always been, like a, a cliche thing to say where there aren't 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, right? You, you could probably say there's, there's, I don't know, 12 guys in the league that are really starting quarterbacks and everybody else kind of, yeah, play a year, do this, do that. There's a lot of good young quarterback play yeah. in the NFL right now um, where you would say, yeah, these guys are legit starting quarterbacks. Um, uh, right. Aside from the five, the five rookies, which we still don't know how many of those are going to work out. But, you know, if two of those hit, then, yeah, we're talking about seven or eight, you know, first I mean, three, first five year of the career quarterbacks who are really good. Yeah. 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 Easy. Easy. So I think the NFL from quarterback plays and is in good hands and sooner rather than later, mm -hmm. your guy over there in Florida will will turn hand the torch over as he rides into the sunset. <laughs> Is he going to make the year? You're, you're talking about Urban Meyer now. Oh, oh. <laughs> can we get on? To, can we talk about him for a minute? Well, I was talking about a quarterback down in Florida. Has anything that happened in, in the Urban Meyer universe? I feel like it's been pretty quiet the last couple of weeks. Thank you, John Gruden. I guess. <laughs> oh, speaking God, of that, is really interesting. I have to say, you know, what I said last week, I'm going to stand <sighs> by, which was. They cherry picked uh, Gruden's emails. No, I you think saw all the emails you there would be. There's other people that have problems. Uh, but here's the thing, Daryl. I think Gruden is the only we talked about the freedom of information stuff. I think Gruden's the only one dumb enough to put it in email. I think there are. I, you're absolutely right. There are plenty of other coaches and GMs and owners that harbor the same sentiments that he was expressing in those emails. But I feel like most people are smart enough not to put that stuff in writing, even to keep it out of text messaging. And if you're going to say, do you think released uh, Gruden's emails, the NFL? No, I, what, I don't know. What, what do you mean? The NFL, the NFL isn't a person like, it, 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 but, but didn't they have control of all these emails? There were plenty of people that would have had access to him. I mean, any anyone in IT, you know, for either the, the teams or for the newspaper or for there are literally thousands of people that it could have been. And I don't think there was any edict from the NFL that said, oh, we need to get John Gruden fired and embarrass the Washington football team. So let's release this select group of 650,000 emails that somehow only have him saying something bad. And then we'll tell you what's in them. This is the thing. It's kind of like, do you guys know this, like the origins of the Mormon church? Oh, yeah. So it's sort of Joseph like the Smith. I, uh, my my uh, family. Uh, before I, you know, before I was adopted, I, I was, um, uh, w was in my real father, uh, became a leading Mormon. And oh, wow. so when I went and visited him, he was a elder in the Mormon church. And then he was also like, you know, he was smart and he, he was retired. He studied the Bible endlessly. And it, all of a sudden he kind of realized that the Mormon church wasn't all that good. And uh, he quit. And the thing is, 
you it's sort of like the mafia you can't quit oh yeah yeah you get shunned their main yeah. belief is that everybody has to go to heaven together so everybody has to be a mormon everybody has to believe that's why they go and retroactively turn jews into mormons so that they also can go to heaven you know <laughs> and it's uh uh so he was ostracized by his own yeah. family because he, his, he, um, all his family were, you know, devout LDS, and uh, they felt that uh, Harold was ruining their chance to go to heaven. So, yeah, yeah I'm very familiar with. Um, and also, by the way, when I finally went out to Utah and met him, uh, I, I went to a store and bought a um, this kind of axe hammer for my oldest son and took it back on the plane, <laughs> took it back on the plane. <laughs> well, this, you know, I lived in Southeast Idaho for three years and that that's it's it is Mormon country, but the town was 75 percent Mormon. And yeah, there is that that's really kind of the most disturbing part about it there's some just weird quirks that you know they can't eat soup or have any you know, hot liquids it's just kind no of caffeine no caffeine yeah. but the yeah there well, are they and, can drink coca-cola but they can't drink coffee or something i don't know and i think what's happening and what i saw happening among young younger people in the mormon church is they're starting to push back against some of that stuff and i think in a generation or two a lot of that will have changed but we'll see it could just easily get pulled in the other direction then you'll have a whole generation of young mormon kids kids who are shunned by their families they they are they have wonderful communities they really take care of each other and it's really um you know there's a lot to admire about the way they uh, live the lds certainly there absolutely is and you're right when someone in the community suffers a loss you you've never seen anything like like the lds community to come together for and even you know i'm i'm a raised catholic kind of a adult agnostic and you know, the missionaries came through town and I, I had had back surgery and they came by and it, there was a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And, the, you know, I had just had back surgery. They came by, knocked on the door, is there anything we can do? And I said, well, just, you know, if you could clear the driveway and take my garbage cans out. And they happily did that. And, you know, every couple of weeks they would come by and knock on the door and they wanted to talk about Jesus and give me books. And I took a book and I read the book. And that's how I know this story, which is going back to my original point. Crazy. The origin story is so bizarre, but it's, it's kind of like the, what a manipulative partner would tell you if they want to convince you to do something. So God gave me these these doc these tablets and they've got all these weird rules on them but he told them that i can't show them to anybody so you're just gonna have to trust me and that's what i feel like is going on with whatever it was that we were talking about before that gruden oh right 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 <laughs> but now congress is wanting these emails did you guys well, see and that I, and I, I, yeah i mean i think i and again like i said last week i think the nfl should be subject to open records so should the NBA. So should the FIA. So should the IOC. Baseball. And eh, nobody cares about baseball. But now, <laughs> here's this is I don't know how to frame this question, but here's my issue with with the NFL because you have John Gruden saying these nasty things in emails. And you've got Deshaun Watson now in all these trade rumors. And so <laughs> it's like, I, I don't, again, I don't know how to frame this question, but it, it, it just screams hypocrisy to me. Uh, but I think, I think you can be mad at both, right? Like, I, I don't think, I think the Deshaun Watson thing, if you're going to point any sort of fingers, you got to point them at Miami, who seems to be the one who's generating the interest because you know, I don't think there's been much interest from him beyond the first couple weeks of his suspension because, frankly, I think most teams realize that he's not going to play this year. But if you talk, um, what was it, Brian Flores, the, the coach of Miami, denies the rumors. So you almost wonder, and now I'm, I'm cynical, you know, with, with how Adam Schefter broke Aaron Rodgers' trade rumors and now seeing how Adam Schefter is... <laughs> Who does? Who is starting this story? Who is? Do we know that Miami is really interested? Have we seen an actual trade proposal on the table, or is this all again part of the rumor mill? With who knows where it's coming from? 
So, you know, for all we know, it could be Deshaun Watson's uh, agent who's starting these trade rumors to try to get things up with the trade deadline coming. Could be. I mean, could be. Is is is, um, Schechter in, in trouble? Doesn't seem yeah. like it. He issued some sort of, you know, mostly apology, and you know, he sort of had had a enough of an explanation where he's got a bit of an out. I don't didn't like it. Still don't buy it, but he's not not going to be you know suspended or fined yeah, or anything like no that. I would it. hope his his long term credibility takes a little bit of a hit. I hope people start reading his pieces with a different different eye. Who knows? Doubt doubt it can dare to dream do you guys think deshaun watson should be able to play or, or do you think he will play within a year i don't think he'll play this season I, th- I think he's and i think the league i think the league will see that as a as a virtual suspension and probably make that the extent of his punishment i uh, sadly enough you know I, I don't know i don't know what the I don't know what justice is. I mean, that's a question for you guys. What do you think justice is in the assuming that that every one of these allegations is credible and true? What do you think justice is for Deshaun Watson? Well, they're all civil, right? I believe I don't think there are any criminal charges. I think they're all civil. Oh, interesting. So you your your determination as to how long he should be suspended or fined or whatever is based on whatever punishment is administered by society. So you would punish him more harshly if he were punished criminally. Well, it, it's I, I it's hard. I, I understand your question, and it's hard to answer it because there's so much unknown. Well, that's what I'm saying. Assume that that assume the women's that, accounts. Assume that the women's accounts are 100% factual and truthful and complete. What do you think an appropriate punishment would be? An appropriate. So, okay. So assuming that these women's, uh, that all the stories are true, he should be in jail. That, that, so but but, he's not, but, but he, that, he, see, that's the interesting part though, but you can't go to jail. That, that was, you can't go to jail because even if, if they're, they're all brought up in civil court. So, Assuming that they're all true, my logic, my, what I'm thinking is should happen is the women should have brought it up in criminal. They should have pressed criminal charges. Well, that's not up to them. That's up to the district attorney to decide whether they're going to. And that's apparently still being still being debated. I don't know exactly what they're waiting for at this point, but uh, so go ahead. So, yeah. So so assuming all of the allegations are accurate, 100 percent true. But let's say there's like an OJ situation where they go through the trial. It's clear that that he is guilty, yet he still gets off. I, I then it's an imperfect system, but it is the system. So I don't think if he if it's an OJ type of situation and it's criminal, if he's innocent, or, or found not guilty, found not guilty. I don't think the league then says, "Well, I disagree with that." Okay, but wait, so can they I don't punish back? him at all if he if he goes through a criminal trial and gets acquitted. The, but, they don't... but the NFL isn't. They're not in charge of punishment. They're not. They're not the justice system. They should be. They they, no, they, no, they are in charge. I, I of, they're in charge of punishment as far as letting him play in their league. And regardless of whether or not he's convicted or even even tried mm. or even, <sighs> even formally charged, he should not be allowed to play in the NFL. Okay, but let, let me ask a question. If there's allegations, is it just allegations, is that enough to bench a player? I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, but I'm, I'm asking you to presume yes, that those allegations are true. Yeah, and no, I think, no, no, just, and, and I think, they, you know, they're allegations. They're not, you don't know if they're true or false. Daryl, you know? if 20 people come to me and tell me that I have BO, I assume that I have BO. If 20 something women come to me with the same damn story about Deshaun Watson trying to get a BJ during a massage, I 1000% believe all 20 whatever of those women. So my question is, so you believe these allegations. So should he be suspended? I think he should have been suspended indefinitely from the very beginning. And I would, I would, and again, like my question to you is, what do you think justice is? I think to me, it's, 
three years. I think it's career. It's something career ruining because you have, you know, the, just the, the, the repeatedness is, you know, if this happens once or twice, but when you have this many consistent, it's the same story over and over and over again. Just, there's, there's no way he's innocent. And, it, you know, it, the NFL is not obligated to any standard of the law, civil or criminal. And they have long kind of sat behind law enforcement, right? And and done less, punished less than than the legal system has. When the legal system has traditionally not punished NFL players very much in comparison to their um, comparable age and demographic in the United States. Let's say that. So I think, uh, go ahead, no, go ahead, Matt. No, I'm just, to Daryl's point, I mean, yes, I think he should have been suspended. I do think allegations are suspendable. Oof. while investigations and things are pending. But then, Joe, to your point, I don't think leagues, any NFL, NBA, or, or, or frankly, I mean, I, I just don't think if, if the justice system, imperfect as it is, is the system, and if you are found not guilty, I don't, I'm not going to hold it against the league to say, well, you know, I didn't sit in on the jury and I didn't sit in the courtroom, but it just, the optics of it, you know, I, boo, boo. I really, really, I just, and because you admitted, well, you admit the flaws in the legal system. So, so what this gives them, the league is that another, it gives them another opportunity to properly, properly administer some consequences and they're very well, you know, and you could say he's missing a season of his career, but he's going to come back and he's going to make millions and millions of dollars. So I think the, the, the bigger argument is that, and I think we all agree that he's not going to be punished enough. Is that that fair to say? So what probably will realistically happen is right. There's some sort of settlement or some sort of payout in a civil in the civil cases, because that's ultimately what happens. There's there's money that will be given towards the victims um, in any amount. After that right, happens, which, which and let's I just want to mention like it 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 becomes a lot easier on a victim too because what they have to go through in a public trial mm-hmm. is is always just is awful. So onerous that it, I I completely understand if every one of these women want to take a, a you know a multi hundred thousand dollar payout to to yeah. make this go away but even if let's even just say and, and if i'm wrong call me out on this even if it does go to trial and i agree with you joe that it, that's what often why those things are settled um but if it does go to trial a settlement is in a civil case the consequence like you don't you you and after you go through a civil case and you hear all the testimony and you're found guilty of it it's not jail time. Right. So it's equivalent to a fine, right? So it, it ultimately, and that's why and I would have, I would imagine, and I, I understand and respect that the, the uh, a victim's choice in a civil case is if my, if my end result is a payout, let's settle. So I could avoid the humiliation. I could avoid reliving it. I could re I could avoid reopening those wounds. It's the same kind of result, right? So he'll go through that. There will be the settlement, and then the league probably does suspend him for. I I I hope half a, half a season to a full season after that, because right now he's not suspended. Right now he's he's refusing to play, and the Texans are happily sitting him. Yeah, um, he's on some sort of administrative administrative list. leave yeah, yeah. Or, or um the exempt list or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I I think he gets suspended for a handful of games. I, I hope it's at least half a season and I'm not saying that that, you know, um, and then some team will pick them up and some team feels like they'll help them win. Hey, maybe the giants will get them. <sighs> They're going to need a quarterback soon, Matt. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Can I at least throw out UMass one? Mm. Oh, they won yeah. a game. Well, so did UConn. So did UConn. Well, you must <laughs> be, you must be UConn. That was two weeks right. ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, UMass has Florida State today, right? Florida State. Yeah, the 38-point underdogs. 
Well, and so we've got all this conference shuffling happening too. They they could end up in Conference USA. So all this sort of the fourteen. UConn, UMass. UMass. UConn as well, but either, either one of them or both. UMass doesn't want to leave the A10. They're uh, basketball. They, oh, they could go football only. I don't know. Can you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. You there's can. a bunch I mean, of teams. Look at, look at Notre Dame. They they are unaffiliated in football, um, and then in basketball. What are they? Is it? Do they play Big East or the 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 A A A C or something like that? Or yeah, I'm not sure which one they're in. No, A C C. I think now in basketball. Who's that? Who are we talking about? Sorry, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh yeah, they're A C C. I think A C C. Right. Yeah. It's so well, like it's, it's and crazy. this is and it's funny because we hear all these shufflings, all these teams are going to this conference, going to that conference, but they're all like two or three years out because they have to play out their contracts. So I'm imagining that by the time, maybe even by the time. The Oklahoma and Texas are supposed to leave the Big 12. We could be at this, you know, we keep talking about this giant restructuring around football and, and basketball playoffs, you know, to sort of realign things geographically. And it doesn't seem if, if we're going to shuffle the conferences every three to five years anyway, it really doesn't matter to me anymore. Just keep the rivalry schools together. You know, the obvious ones, which shouldn't be too hard to do. You know, you can you can realign the nation and keep Michigan and Ohio State playing each other. And let's get Oklahoma and Nebraska back. You know, we can even yeah. get back some of these. And new- wasn't it great to see Alabama lose a game? <laughs> yes, it was. Well, I would love to see college football be more regionalized, more so, and then, and almost have – basketball is different because you can play multiple games in a week. So you're able to play more. And that's the thing with football. You can only play one game a week, really. So I would love to see college football be more regionalized where like new England is only going to play new England schools. You get a new England champion, you get a West coast champion, you get a Midwest champion. And then like take, you know, if you divided the country into like 12 different regionalized areas and then play a 12 game playoff at the end or 12 team playoff at the end and then crown your national champion and then stop worrying about you know it's you're not traveling anywhere other than your region during college sport i don't know that would that would be interesting to me i I don't think you even need 12 i think six would do it i I think we've already have we already have kind of a natural six right you've got you got the northeast you got the midwest the southeast the south the west coast is that six that five and my math, my, sorry, my math's not very good. Yeah. What did you say? You, um, we did New England. The Northeast, Midwest, East Coast, Southeast, South, and West Coast. No, there you go. There's six. Done. There we go. We hear, You heard it first here, folks. Sports <laughs> Plus Radio Show. The tri-commissionership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. So we didn't even get into name, image, likeness today either which is, you know, how is it working? Is it working? Uh, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. I think we got to give it a full, a full year. Let's, you know, we can, we can judge that one next summer. We didn't yell today. This was good. No. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) the last week was enough. Uh, Yeah. No, uh, you should, you should uh, look up the, the book interrupting chicken. It's a riot. How did we get on your list of topics? We got uh, all my, uh, got them all. Good. Got them all except for Squid Game. Are you guys watching Squid Game? Oh, no interest. Too gross? I No, I am interested in it because I've heard oh. I belong to a few like uh, PE teacher Facebook groups and things like that. Notoriously that, sick individuals, right? The, the Squid Games is uh, is is basically uh, a PE teacher's worst nightmare. <laughs> Red light, green light, and a kid dies, you know? I didn't think about that. It's because it's all elementary school kids games. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that they're like, this is, I'm watching, I'm sitting here watching Squid Games, and this is, this is basically, I'm reliving my, my worst nightmare of all these deaths and murder and blood playing red light green light and tug of war and all this out of my own so i'm interested in it haven't watched it 
it, it took me a minute to like the first half of the first episode I was like I don't want why is everybody so excited about this I don't quite get it and then all of a sudden it it just takes off and I, I'm not huge on the blood and gore and there was a little bit too much you know I don't need to see the brains spilling out of somebody's head a gunshot I can handle that there's a lot of blood yeah if you can get past all right, I, 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 I'm going to stop that sentence because it's going to be a spoiler if you hadn't seen it. But there is a fairly common story trope that turns out to be part of the umbrella over it all. And if you can sort of look past that kind of it's a little bit trite sort of, but not not enough to interfere with the with the impact of it. It's a really I, it's I, a it, I'm happily really- avoiding Squid Game, and I will continue to do it. And meanwhile, I'm going to sign off this too. You guys can debate Squid Game all you want, but <laughs> I get this on the air. See you, right. See you next week. Yeah, it, it was. Do I watch uh, it, yes or no? Oh yeah, you should definitely watch it. Right. And the, there may be, if you're not into, you know, again, brain spilling out of heads, there's, there's going to be some some moments where you're going to want to. Definitely, it's definitely not for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, I'll, maybe I'm on the fence. Like I said, eh, I heard the first two episodes are pretty tough to get through, but once you can get into like episode three or four, I think that is what I heard that it, it it's good. It's once they get into the games, it gets just gets really compelling. And I mean, there are some amazing like character dynamic mm-hmm. situations. That it's really it's really well done, and it's tough too because I was watching with the English overdubs. And I, I always like to watch if I'm watching something in a foreign language. If it's Spanish, I'll I'll put one of the two in Spanish because I know enough Spanish to make the, those translations myself. But if it's another language, I will try to put both tracks on English because they're never quite the same, right? Mm-hmm. And you can assume that the truth is somewhere in between the, what the spoken translation is and what the the written translation is. But it requires a little more mental work while you're watching something than it does to just put on the the um korean audio with the american with the english subtitles which would be a little easier to watch but i feel like you kind of you might lose some some parts of it yeah yeah but but definitely with netflix i find myself watching a lot more foreign shows yeah i mean definitely yeah, yeah. We have yeah, talked about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's this the last season is coming out pretty soon. And again, similarly, it's really kind of graphically bloody in ways that only certain American movies are. Like we don't see that kind of stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's typical. And they have nudity too and and profanity that we don't have either. Um Europe just seems like a more fun place to be. <laughs> it does. But yeah, there's a what was the other one I was watching? Oh, um, locked up. It's called. It's another. It's a, a prison women's prison show. Oh, Spanish, a, like a documentary. No, no, no. It's a, a it's a drama. Yeah, and the okay. woman who plays um, Nairobi yeah. is the lead in this other one. The other thing I just my la- my latest binge, and I can't believe I went this long without watching this show is Orange is the New Black. And I just finished it. It took me about three months, I think, to watch the whole series. Yeah. Seven seasons is pretty long, but really, like, really, it's one of those things that just kind of, it's always been in the back of my radar. Like The Wire, I've never seen an episode of The Wire. I've never watched that one. Someday I will, but I guess. Orange is the New Black, we watched when it first came out. We were watching it, I I think the first four seasons. And then I kind of lost interest and. Oh, you Once I kind of get off a series, it's hard for me to get back into it because I'm I pick something else, and I, I struggle. I don't like to have multiple series going on at the same time. Finish that one up. The problem I had with with Orange Is the New Black is that there really aren't any fully sympathetic characters except mm. for Suzanne. Which um, one is that? With the she had the hair, the like crazy naughty. eyes. Yeah, well, see, that's one thing you lose giving up the show. They stop calling her crazy eyes. About oh. three or four seasons in, I think it came along with the sort of increased language sensitivity towards calling someone crazy eyes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Her character over the last half of the se- last half of the series goes from being the 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 bonkers one who tries to kill 
Blondie yep. to like the driving force behind the series and oh, wow. what her character becomes is, is that's it's worth watching the rest of the show just for that. Yeah, I actually I I enjoyed her character. Um, I thought that as far as like the character, the backstory, and and the yeah. way the characters portrayed yeah. and the acting done, I I did think that was a phenomenal. Oh, character. but did you you didn't get to the point where they reveal why she's in prison though? No. I don't think so. Watch the rest of the series, man. All right, maybe I'll, I'll try to jump Did back I... into it. You know, it's another one. Have you watched Wentworth? No. That's an Australian drama. That phenomenal. That I couldn't. I would watch that one to like three a.m. Watch Wentworth. Well, Locked Up is pretty violent, along the lines of Money Heist. Like it is, okay. it and it, it's pretty. You know, it's graphic. But again, it starts out sort of like like Orange is the New Black started out with the crazy eyes and was a little more kind of a little more um, sexy mm-hmm. in the beginning. Same thing with, with Locked Up. I think they started out, they showed you a lot of boobs in the beginning to get people, because that's how you get people you get interested in yeah. things. Yeah. And then it's that start, started to fade. So I think those are, I mean, they have to be conscious things that writers and showrunners do as a show evolves, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it can't be, it's not something that is pre planned from the beginning, I would hope. That mm-hmm. would take some faith out of whatever's left I have in Hollywood. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> All right. I gotta get going. All right. See you next week. Have a good one. Take it easy.